Welcome to another edition of Spotlight on Natural Resources. I'm Bill Wasner. With me again is Dwayne Friend. Welcome, Dwayne. Hi, Bill. It sounds like we're going to talk about winter conditions. Now, we're recording this in um, early, mid-November of 2015, and we really haven't hit the cold, cold stuff. We occasionally see even 50-degree weather here, 50-degree Fahrenheit, and so it's not been too bad, and yet here you are. We're going to we're going to talk about things like frostbite and hypothermia. That oh, you, it's all fir- about preparation. You you uh, got to be prepared okay. ahead of time. Good point. Good point. So let's start off with with just that. What is the difference between frostbite and hypothermia? Is there a difference in how the two should be treated? Uh, There is some difference, yeah. Frostbite, uh, that's just a severe reaction to cold exposure of the skin, and it can do permanent damage to the body. It can damage fingers, toes, nose, ears. Uh, Usually the symptoms for that is a loss of feeling and a white or pale appearance to the skin. Uh, And this is something that will happen to exposed skin uh, in extremely cold conditions. Uh, if you can get media, medical help when that happens, if that happens, you should do so immediately. If you can't get that, uh, get, get to a hospital right away, you want to slowly rewarm the affected area. Uh, now, at the same time, people may be exhibiting symptoms of hypothermia. And what hypothermia is, is a low body temperature. Uh, and that occurs when the temperature of the, the core body, core part of the body, drops below 95 degrees. Uh, Symptoms of that include slow speech, incoherence, memory loss, disorientation, uh, shivering, drowsiness, stumbling, and sometimes apparent exhaustion. Uh, And this is something, again, that that can be happening in conjunction with frostbite if someone has been out in the cold for a long period of time. Uh, The big thing with this, again, uh, if, if you can check the person's temperature, if their internal temperature is below 95, they really need to get to uh, a hospital as soon as possible. Again, if it's not available, what, what you need to do is begin having the, the person get warmed up, and you want to do it slowly. You don't want to have them do it fast. Uh, the other thing you want to make sure is that you, you try to increase the core body temperature and not the extremities first, because if you warm up the extremities first, sometimes that um, colder blood will go to the uh, heart, and then that causes uh, uh, heart problems potentially. Uh, and you also don't want to give them something like alcohol, drugs, coffee, or any hot beverage or food. Uh, probably the best thing to give them would be a warm broth or something like that. Let's see, so um, let's let's just assume that we can avoid some of those bad scenarios what should we do to prepare for winter storms uh, to just prevent this kind of problem it's a lot of the same things that you should do for for any type of disaster preparedness you want to make sure you have a flashlight and extra batteries Uh, you want to make sure you've got a battery powered weather radio uh, and a portable am fm radio to get emergency information you want to make sure you have extra food and water on hand. And again, that food needs to be something that doesn't need to be cooked because uh, if you do have a winter storm that knocks out power, you may not be able to, to do any cooking. So look at trying to have a high-energy food like dried fruit or candy. Um, you want to have an extra supply of medicine and baby items if you need those things. You want to have a first aid kit. 
you may need an emergency heating source. Uh, now, some, a lot of some places may have fireplaces. You may have a wood stove. You may have a uh, propane heater uh, or something like that. Uh, again, you need to make sure that you use those properly. And, and one of the big concerns a lot of times when people get into those situations is they don't use those supplemental forms of heat properly, uh, especially if it's something that's a combustion type of, of heating element, uh, and that will add carbon monoxide to the uh, 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 interior, and uh, people can have uh, severe problems from that too. So you really need to make sure that you use those things properly when you use them. Proper ventilation is, is exactly. very important. Yeah, exactly. So, um, what about preparing your buildings and your home? Is there anything we should be watching for? One of the big things that everybody usually talks about when we get extremely cold weather is a fear of their water pipes freezing. And I think probably everybody has had maybe at least one situation where that's happened. Uh, and it's it's not that hard to prepare uh, to make sure that that doesn't happen uh, when those cold weather uh, things hit. Uh, you know, before the cold weather comes along, you want to try to locate and insulate those pipes. And it's really pretty easy to insulate the pipes. You can go to a hardware store. They have pipe insulation. It's very inexpensive to use. And it's very easy to put on the pipes. Um, you want to make sure you put that on areas that are near outer walls or in crawl spaces or in the attic. You can use heat tape. But you want to make sure that that's uh, uh, a good product, UL approved. Uh, you want to seal any leaks that allow cold air besides water pipes. Uh, another big thing is you want to disconnect garden hoses and shut off uh, the drain water from pipes leading to outside faucets. Now, some faucets do have the automatic drain on it, but others don't. So uh, it's best to just go ahead and disconnect those water hoses uh, just to make sure that there's no freezing that occurs there. Now, when it does get cold... Uh, on those, especially in the evenings when uh, when the temperatures can really drop, uh, you may need to let the hot and cold water faucets trickle just a little bit on an outside wall, and at least in areas where there is a, a potential for that freezing to occur. Uh, another thing to do that's very easy to do is if it's if the pipes are behind a uh, a door uh, like a cabinet, just open that cabinet door up, let that uh, extra heat get in there. Everybody should uh, should have their their uh, furnace service looked at uh, periodically uh, doing that ahead of time before the winter and the thing with that is uh, if you don't uh, do that and then you do end up having a problem it typically occurs during the coldest the part of the part, year yeah. and then everybody is calling the same service person and they get swamped and they may not be able to, to reach your location for several hours or maybe even a day or so so that's an excellent point to go ahead and get that that's furnace serviced uh, make sure that the filter is clean that's one of the biggest things that can be done uh, if you haven't switched out that that furnace filter go ahead and do that now and switch that out if you have the um, uh, not the permanent type of filters, but ones that uh, uh, you, you buy at the hardware store and you replace periodically, uh, you, you do need to replace those every month or so. Very good. Uh, where can we go to find more information? There is a lot of very good information on not only winter preparedness, but a lot of t other types of disaster resources in uh, the Extension Disaster Network resources website. And the easiest way to do that to get to it is just do a web search for Illinois Extension Disaster and it'll bring it right up. Very good. 
Well, for another edition of Spotlight on Natural Resources, this has been Bill Wastner and Dwayne Friend. 